I got nothing to say about the opening, but we're going to start another episode of the Anti-Woke Podcast. Commentary Magazine is talking about COVID and schools and school kids. And apparently, it wasn't clear, every year or maybe every 10 years, the federal government does a kind of like a census of school children and how well, how good they're doing in a, you know, reading, writing, math. And I guess for 30 years, kids have been getting better at math in particular, a little bit, you know, probably not real good at it. I'm sure they hate math, but they've been getting, you know, schools have been teaching kids to do math better every year for 30 years until now when they've had a big drop off because of school closures. And, you know, it's interesting how teachers were not deemed essential workers, or at least working in a classroom. I mean, they all got paid, to my knowledge. But teaching in a classroom was not deemed an essential thing, you know, whereas, I don't know, working at a grocery store, that was, you know, some places like, okay, you got to close the bars, but the grocery stores can stay open. And so, anyways, grocery store worker, essential. Teacher in a classroom, non-essential. And I think it worked out that way because... Teachers, you know, they have very powerful unions, and then also they work for the government. And basically, they were like, we're not going to go to work, and you're going to keep paying us, and they had the clout to make that happen. I mean, if I had that clout, I would do the same. 2020 would have been a good year to get hired as a teacher, and then not have to work for your first two years. But so, the federal government, I guess, they paid out... Um, $400 billion to try and help kids get back to where they should be. And I think they said 20% of that has to be spent on the kids. And then I guess you can spend the other 80% however you want. I think a lot of um, HVAC systems, you know, air conditioning, got put into schools. And so school systems, they had all this money. If you don't spend it, you don't get to keep it for later. You use it or lose it. And then, of course, this is happening in that the same time as George Floyd and the protests slash riots of Black Lives Matter. And so what the schools spent a bunch of the money on was racial justice seminars and education for the teachers. The kids weren't learning, but the teachers were learning about racial justice and how America's racist and white kids should be put on one side of the room and black kids on the other side of the room. I mean, you know, that's just... That's just a microcosm of one of the big problems with America today. But they mentioned this podcast. Apparently, when you're about 13 years old, that is a critical time um, in your education process. Like, it sounds like the littler kids are bouncing back from the school closures, at least better than the 13-year-olds are, and then, you know... If you were a senior or something when it happened, you probably you'd already had you'd already gotten past the critical stage, so you were okay. I mean, relatively speaking. But apparently, with with math, when you're about 13 years old, there's kind of a there's a switch that either gets turned on or it's never turned on, and that's when you start to really grasp math. And you know, you know, say you're going to be an engineer when you grow up or something. Well, at 13 is when you kind of start your trajectory of learning adult style spatial reasoning or whatever you want to call it and and so the kids that got caught right at 13 you know when they're 13 school was closed when you were 13 or something 
uh, just going to be a, it's not a lost generation. It's going to be a lost year of people who ain't going to get to be the engineers that they could have been. And, you know, I was thinking about it, you know, what is, what is 13? What does that sound like? To me, that sounds like puberty, you know, ar you know, around that age. It depends on the kid, but that's, that's when you're changing from a kid to an adult. And apparently that is the time you really want to catch them and teach them math. Or maybe that's when you can lose a kid. And it's like, okay, they're 13. Don't lose them. You know, you got them. We got them to here. If we lose them in the math trail, we'll never get them back again. So we got to keep them on the trail at 13. And I believe that's freshman and high school age also. The latest Blockton reported, uh, Katie Herzog is talking to a lady who has, I think, a podcast about cancel culture and just talks about it on the internet. And Katie's a lesbian, and then this other lady is non-binary, but you can still call her, still still call her her, still call her she, pronouns. And she was given a definition, her definition of cancel culture, which I think it was, it was like targeted harassment. And I think, she, she's saying, she, she has some other ideas when you do it to a company, but it's like targeted harassment against a person, and then you also are targeting all the people that that per you know the friends of that person the employer of that person etc and both of these ladies are far lefties who didn't toe the line and said the truth here and there and then both of them got canceled but they're talking about where does cancel culture come from and they're saying that a lot of it comes from queer culture apparently not gay men gay men are their own separate animal but anyway, so it's, you know, it's women saying that they're not women somehow, whatever, whatever, not being straight, non-straight women. So it's queer women. And they've got this little theory that it's queer women who, I don't know, created cancel culture or popularized it or something. And apparently it's very common. Like, you know, if you're, if you're in the queer woman, whatever, sphere then, you know, th those are the most hardcore people. Those are the people who like to cancel the most, right? That's the most cancel-prone group to be a part of. And I think that's true. But I was thinking about, like, you know, are queer, wo queer women really that powerful? I mean, like, I, li you know, I like to say that half of high school girls are now queer. But, but anyways, I don't think it's actually queer women. I don't know. I'm going to be sexist, I guess. It's women. Cancel culture and a lot of, you know, wokeism, cancel culture, a lot of the horseshit going on in America, it's women. And, you know, and specifically white women, but it's women. The educated white women are kind of the problem. They're the, kind of the problem. They're the hottest. They're also the hottest, unfortunately. They're the most attractive, the most likely that I want to see them naked, but they're also <laughs> the problem with America today. And it's kind of like the uh, old saying. I don't know if it's an old saying, but, you know, Whites didn't invent slavery, but they did end it. Well, men are also the ones that gave women equal rights. I mean, you know, they had the power. It wasn't fair, but anyways, the people in power had to give up, had to give people equal rights, and so men were the ones who gave it to women. And, you know, it wasn't explicit, but men were kind of like, okay, I'm going to go off, I'm going to have a job, I'm going to make a bunch of money, and now with your equal rights, women, you can go off and take care of the children. But, you know, you don't have to do it at your house, you can now go get a job as a teacher and take care of the children. And so 50 years later, you know, obviously all the teachers are women, uh, but, you know, all the administrators, K through 12 are women, 
all the administrators at universities are women. Like, you know, the only the only kind of teacher that's left that's a man is a university professor. And that's because, you know, being a professor, that's very close to actual work. I mean, obviously, it depends on the, you know, if it's sociology, that's not work at all. That's just made-up complaints. So, you know, that's all women. But, you know, engineering, to be an engineering professor, that's real work. So you've got to have a man for that one. Obviously, these are gross exaggerations, but there's more than a little bit of truth. In fact, there's a lot of truth in what I'm saying. And anyways, I mean, you know, they've done studies. Women care about feelings. Men care about facts. I believe it's two-thirds of women think that feelings are more important than the truth, and then two-thirds of men think that the truth is more important than your feelings. So, I mean, you know, there's overlap. But so anyways, just, in my opinion, stupid things. When I say stupid, I mean wrong. Um... So just wrong ideas that feel good. Women have been putting it into, you know, kids' heads, K through 12 and into college, and they've been doing it for decades now, and then here we are. You invent social media, and now everyone who has a feeling and doesn't want, you know, and yeah, everyone who has feelings is like, oh, I'm going to cancel you. You you made me feel bad. You're speaking the, I mean, you know, a lot of times it's speaking the truth. Quickest way to get canceled is to speak the truth on the certain issues where you're not allowed to speak the truth because that really does hurt their feelings you know if you're just like saying create you know if you're a crazy racist sexist whatever no one really cares like you know it, does, it doesn't hurt anyone's feelings but if you're a reasonable person who's like here is the data on this situation and here's reality then that hurts people's feelings that's threatening it's very th threatening the truth is much more threatening than lies and so you got to, you know, the way you stop people from speaking the truth, right? If you let someone speak the truth once, they might do it again. And if you let one person speak the truth, another person might think that they can then speak the truth. You know, and it could be a snowball going downhill, getting bigger and bigger with people just speaking the truth on every subject. So anyways, so you got cancel culture. You got to cut, you got to cut that snowball off. You got to melt that snowball right at the beginning, right at the top of the hill. Don't ever let it get going. And so that's cancel culture. And obviously, there's just a bunch of evolutionary biology that I'm just making up on the fly. But it makes me think of two things. It makes me think of Mean Girls, like the movie Mean Girls, but just the the way that girls are mean to each other in high school. Like, they don't get into fistfights. They ostracize and talk behind the backs and do a lot of mind games to try and destroy the girls they don't like. And I think this goes back to hunter-gatherer times when, like, the men would go out to hunt... And all the women would stay behind, right? Women are more, my theory, women are more social than men because they stayed behind in the village. And so you had to be social because you were around a bunch of people. Whereas a man might go out and, you know, hide under a bush for four hours waiting for the animal to come by so he could jump out and grab it. So yeah, I think cancel culture, it's not from hunting, it's from gathering. And it's very similar to I mean, middle school also. Anyways, it's very similar to how women get catty in I don't know, middle school and high school. And probably college. And probably, I guess, whatever. They can keep it. You keep doing it forever now. You've got the internet. You've got social media. Now you can be a mean girl for the rest of your life. I'm watching the second episode of Indigo Traveler's YouTube channel um, where he goes to South Sudan. And I, I talked about it in a recent episode. Um, 
I don't know, he's just going around talking to people in a refugee camp. Like, I think a lot of times refugee camps will be in one country, and the refugees will come from the next country over or something. But anyway, South Sudan's all fucked up, and so they got refugee camps for the people who already live in South Sudan. And I mentioned it, but anyways, they're the tallest and the blackest people in the world. And they're so freaking tall. Manute Bull, if you know him from the NBA. But so the Indigo Traveler guy, he's like going around just interviewing people like, you know, hey, what's it like to live in this camp? What do you, are things getting better? Are things getting worse? Etc. And, you know, maybe he, maybe he talks to, I'm sure he takes tons and tons of hours of filming or whatever and then cuts it down to the best stuff to make this YouTube videos, I think, or else these people are just so freaking tall, it's insane. So I don't know. I don't know if he's choosing the tallest people to interview, or if just everyone is insanely tall, but it's like, I mean, six foot two is nothing. I mean, these are like, you know, six foot six, six foot eight. But there definitely seems to be some status. I mean, just like in America, just like in the entire world, just like the history of the human race, a man is a higher status all things being equal, if he's taller than shorter. And so, like, for instance, he's talking to this one guy, and he's wearing, I don't know, this guy's, a lot of them are wearing button-up shirts. I guess that's white privilege, where I never, ever wear button-up shirts, because that's a pain in the butt, you know, I guess because I don't have to. I don't have to show people that I am whatever, special, because I have a button-up shirt. He's talking like some guy, I think the guy, I don't know, the guy was in his 20s, I think he, you know, my guess is he was like six foot eight. And he goes, he's like, oh, can you show me your house? And the guy's like, yeah. And it's a, you know, it's a tin metal, tin roofing um, shack. And they have like a mattress that they bought in 2018. And there's leaks in the roof and the mattress is wet. And then the six foot eight guy, he's got a, I don't know. He must. They must have kids, I would think. I don't know. They didn't show any kids. He's got a girlfriend or a wife or whatever. She's cute. So I think, you know, in South Sudan, if you're six foot eight, you know, six foot six, maybe you get a medium chick. If you're six foot four, you get an ugly chick. If you're six foot eight, you get the hottest chick, to be blunt. And, you know, to, to say how crazy it is there, uh, he didn't film it, I'm sure. Whatever, you don't want to get killed. But, like, some soldier, he's, he's, like, going down the street, and there's some soldier that's been hogtied on the street. And apparently that soldier was trying to kill some other soldier, and the soldier that got hogtied, he was, like, insanely drunk. You know, they're kind of like firewater Indians in the old days. And so he's just insanely drunk. He's been hogtied by just the people around him. They took away his gun because he was trying to kill some other soldier, so... I guess the point of that is you can't trust the authorities to protect you in this place. And the thing that made me want to talk about this is they got these RUTF, kind of like a candy bar, kind of like a little bag. They got these things I never heard of. So they're called RUTF. It stands for Ready to Use Therapeutic Food. And basically it's like a candy bar wrapper but it's full of peanut butter and each one of them is 500 calories and I think I think the main ingredient is peanut butter but it probably has like vitamin you know vitamins I mean in my opinion a lot of the vitamins that people take 
it's a bunch of fucking horseshit. But anyways, if you're a starving kid in Africa, you actually do need some vitamins. Like, vitamins actually are real for you. It's not like some internet ad for, you know, green omega power and it'll give you a whatever, a larger penis or some horse shit like that. But so they got these little, whatever, peanut butter bags that they give. It's UNICEF. UNICEF is some organization that helps starving kids in Africa or just whatever, messed up kids in Africa. And so here's the most interesting thing is they have these like little armbands. It's just a, um, I guess I would say it kind of looks like have you ever gone to a concert and they give you like one of those little bracelets where you put it on and you can't take it off? I mean, you know, not that easily. It's just like a little plastic piece of crap. Well, they got these little armband things, and but it, but it, but it's not um, it's not like it's not like you can't take it off. You can it, they're for measuring. It's basically just like a measuring. It's like a tape measure for your arm. And so they got this little tape measure for the kids' arms, and they put the tape measure on the kids' arm. And then you get like a green, a yellow, or a red, depending on how skinny the kid's arm is. And I'm not sure about this, but I think, you know, if the kid's arm is in the green, like it's big enough around, you got a thick enough arm on the kid, then they probably don't give you any of these RUTF little peanut butter packets. But I think if you're yellow, they give you a peanut butter packet, and if you're red, they probably give you even more peanut butter packets. I don't, I don't think there's an unlimited supply of the peanut butter packets, but depending on how thin the, it's the bicep, they put it around the bicep. Depending on how thin the bicep of the kid is, is how much peanut butter they give you, basically. And they don't go into it. It must be based on age. I mean, I'm sure if you're one versus ten, you you know need a different armband thing but anyways it was pretty interesting this is what you do to uh stop kids from dying and hopefully i mean here's the terrible part about it it's like you know your brain your brain may be fucked for the rest of your life you got a little one-year-old boy you put the little thing around their arm you get it it's like oh it goes to the red band um give them some peanut butter it's like well that kid is never going to be a productive citizen period I mean, you saved him from dying. There you go. You just, you just, you saved the kid from, I mean, to be very ruthless about it, you saved a future criminal from dying. Good job. And like, you know, he talks to some, I don't know, some kids. There's a bunch of kids. Kids all, they're all so cute. They're all so cute. They come up and they run up and they want to fist bump him and high five him. You know, he's the only white person they've ever seen. And I think, you know, maybe talks to some of the parents or whatever. And it's like, well, no, anyway, they're just talking about it. Anyways, no education at all. Like, those those kids have never had any education ever in their entire lives and probably never will. And so it's just, I mean, it's really tragic if you just think about it. It's just like girls who are going to get impregnated when they're 13 and then boys who are going to become violent criminals. I mean, like... Let me tell you, that's the only thing I would ever do. If I grew up the way that they are growing up, the only thing I would ever do as a boy is become a violent criminal. And if I was a girl, the only thing I'd ever do was is be, you know, raped by some older man and fucking have a kid. And I just want to say about South Sudan again is that 
you could understand them. They speak English and not with such a thick accent that you know what the hell they're saying. Like he's talking to a mom at a hospital and he's like, how long you been here? She's like, six days. Why are you here? She's like, my son, he's blind and he can't hold his neck up. He's like, how long are you going to be here? She's like, well, I guess until my kid gets better. I mean, the kid is, it's a very small kid, probably like a one-year-old. But the crazy part, I mean, that's all terrible and tragic. But the crazy part about it is I can totally understand what the mom is saying. I mean, like, I would say virtually all places in the world where someone has a mom whose one-year-old is, like, blind and can't hold their head up and it's all because of malnutrition or whatever, you're not going to be able to understand the words that come out of their mouth. But I can totally understand the words that come out of their mouth. I mean, this country really... I mean, it has a leg up. I mean, they're completely fucked. But anyways, they have a leg up. If they can ever get over there killing each other killing each other over tribes, they will have an enormous leg up on the rest of the world, which is that they can speak English and you can understand them. And I guess I should mention that. So, South Sudan, it got chopped off of Sudan in general. Sudan got chopped up into two parts, and one of them part got called South Sudan. And that's because the Africa's got these different tribes. And anyways, unfortunately for South Sudan, it wasn't like they got chopped off into one part and they're just one tribe and they're all a happy camper in one tribe. They just, you know, I, I'm going to make up the numbers, but you know, Sudan had 50 tribes and then they cut and then they said, okay, that's too many tribes. And so they, you know, they put 15 of the tribes into South Sudan. And, you know, each tribe is like, give me an AK-47 and I will blow off the heads of everyone in the other tribe. And the last video I talked about, it was more about, like, the men who they're all, like, just falling down drunk and sniffing glue and whatever. Not in good shape. This video just has tons of, tons and tons of cute little African kids and just, they're all so nice. And I don't know, maybe this is racist, but in fact, this this applies to all races, which is that there's a change. You know, when you have like a very nice little six-year-old boy who's really happy and whatever, it's not a problem at all. And then you fast forward and like, oh, there's an 18-year-old boy and he's a freaking violent maniac. I mean, basically, it's hard. I think, you know, you, you need a good country to take your nice, smiling, wonderful six-year-old boy and turn him into not a violent maniac when he's 18. But, um, you know, my scientific knowledge is whatever. I just say whatever the hell I want. But I, I think a lot of it's testosterone. And so I just want to say something I learned about that. So there's another YouTube channel. I don't know what it's called. But they, like, they live on a tropical island and they, like, make whatever they 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 eat they eat from the they eat coconuts and they they hunt for fish and they eat coconuts and whatever they survive on a tropical island or at least as far as the videos go i'm sure i'm sure when they turn turn off the videos they go back and microwave a hungry man dinner i mean they're australian but anyways but they were out looking for something called mud crabs which is on this tropical island they just got these giant flats of mud just everywhere you know it's like a mud desert i think depending on when the ocean comes in and out and just got these giant flats of mud and then you'll find like a big puddle and in that puddle there'll be some crabs 
or one crab, one or two crabs, depending on if it's a, if it's a mating pair, there'll be two crabs, otherwise there'll be one. And so anyways, they catch a crab and like they pull up a giant crab. It's enormous. These things are huge. It's bigger than the Dungeness crab you get from the grocery store. And they're like, oh, well, that's such a big male crab that we're going to put it back. And they do put it back. So, you know, like, so he can provide the next generation of crabs. But the thing that they mentioned was, and I don't know if this is true, but they just say mud crabs have the second highest level of testosterone of all animals. And so it made me want to go double check that. And I never could find what the second highest testosterone animal was. But if you type in, you know, if you go to Google and say highest testosterone animal or something like that, uh, you get the, I think it's the bull shark. And, you know, you can, I just, I just read, you know, I spent about 30 seconds reading about the bull shark. And they're like, a female bull shark has more testosterone than a raging African elephant. There's something, something about elephants, they can get into a state of high testosterone when they go crazy. And so I just thought that was interesting. It's not just, um, you know, men, human males, ma you know, men, uh, what, humans with a penis, whatever. Those are not the only people who have testosterone. Apparently it's common amongst animals. I mean, if, if a freaking crab can have it and a shark can have it, then I mean, I'm sure all mammals have it. And if you just think of it as like a dial where you turn down the testosterone or turn up the testosterone, I'm sure, I'm sure you could, you know, if God, if God existed and he was like, I'm creating, you know, you imagine a movie of God and he's like making the shark. He's like, I'm going to turn the testosterone to the max on the bull shark. And you probably get a shark that's aggressive. I mean, I don't know. Twitter handle at Anti-Woke Podcast. And thanks for listening.